Today in Book Circle Online, we're talking about meeting moms on Tinder, canine ghosts, and other crazy adventures with Live Fast, Die Hot. I'm joined by Jenny Mullen. Stay tuned. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Welcome to another edition of Book Circle Online. I'm your host, Renee Ariel, and you can find me on social media at Renee Ariel. I have the wonderfully talented Jenny Molin with me. Welcome. Hi. Hello. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you today. Where can everyone find you on social media? You guys can find me at at Jenny and Teets on Twitter and at Jenny and Teets on Snapchat and at Jenny and Teets 2 on Instagram. Because my first Instagram was unfortunately shut down. Oh, man. For nudity. It happens. It happens, you know? It happens to the best of us. Uh, So today we're talking about your very funny book, Live Fast, Die Hot. (laughs) I'm obsessed with this book. Really funny. You'll be laughing the whole way through. I wanted to um, ask you, you're so funny. You're so honest. What made you get into writing? I think my frustration with acting. I think I was so frustrated not, you know, being where I wanted to be as an actress that I started taking it out on, you know, strangers online and just started (laughs) tweeting. And I didn't really think anybody was listening. And suddenly, I guess some people were. I don't know. I mean, it was weird because uh, I just found a community and I think I got into Twitter you know, I was sort of a bit of an outlier because I got into Twitter at the right time. It's all about timing. And I I sort of fell in with a group of um, comedic writers that really helped foster, you know, just like what would become my, I guess, brand. I hate the word brand. It's so like (laughs) disgusting. But like, yeah, they helped sort of form, I, I don't know, my like point of view my point of view I don't know they helped me kind of just become like whatever it is yeah that's that, all. that this is well you're doing a great job I love your brand oh that's so nice <laughs> that's so sweet I mean uh, brand's so sick I'm like why did I say that I sound like the biggest asshole brand. well I mean it's also no. LA so everyone has yeah but I'm just brand. like a crazy girl at the end of the day yeah. and um I finally found a group of individuals that like were willing to embrace that I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, also, you know, writing a book takes a lot of patience more yes. so than the tweets. Do you have a specific writing process or any tips for having that patience to... Yeah. I mean, writing is rewriting. The thing that's so great about writing versus acting, acting so ephemeral and it's like you do it, you shoot something and you don't see it for six months or, you know, maybe three months, whatever it is. And you're wondering like, oh, I hope they took that take and not the other take. And I hope that I come across, you know, good. I'm, and that they don't, you know, a lot of these procedural shows, you'll do a scene and then they cut away like before you have a reaction because all they really care about is the line to move the story forward. So you'll say something and then all of a sudden it's just like gone. So you look like a bad actor and it's just like, great, why did I spend, you know, days and nights trying to get that role and it's just like two seconds of nothing now I'm dead on medium or NCIS or whatever the fuck yeah so um I don't know I mean that was really annoying and frustrating so but with that with writing you're constantly redoing it and uh it's less about patience because I'm the most impatient person I know it's just 
you you get to go back and fix it and make it better, make it better, make it better. And there's something to that that just feels, you feel like you're God. You're like, <laughs> I'm in charge of my own universe. Like, I can always make this funnier or kill that person or you know whatever it is. Um, so, no, I don't know. It's not, it's definitely, my process is just kind of keep going and and constantly tweak it. I mean, I cannot spell. I have terrible grammar. <laughs> I never thought I'd be a writer. But um, I love telling stories, and I love just, um, you know, where, whenever I see an opportunity for a joke, I want to I go for it. Um, and you have many in this book. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's what's awesome. fun. You know, you get it back, and you're like, okay, let me take another pass at it. Yeah. But once, once the, the frame of it is done, then you feel like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I actually managed to, like, get this many words on paper. Yeah. And then you get to go back in and really shape it. Understandable. I like it. Um, I love the cover of this book. Oh, and I did have to ask. So I know in the first chapter, yes. I believe it was uh, first comes marriage, then comes miscarriage. Yes. Um, it did mention about your ski trip. Is yes. that what inspired this cover? Or no. was there another? Yeah, not at all. But it's so funny because it kind of now looks like yeah. I'm trying to miscarry on the cover, which I guess is fine with me. But uh, yeah, what inspired the cover was just... I wanted the book to feel like an action adventure story. I mean, for me, having a baby has been just such a an emotional sort of um, I don't know, just um, an odyssey of just insanity. So I needed to make sure that was clear on the cover that it's like you're not reading a book about a woman who just had a baby. Mm-hmm. You're reading about about a woman who you know, has become a mother and is like flipping out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and just like the crazy places that it took me, you know, Morocco, the jungle of Peru, wherever that is. And that so that's what I wanted to convey. Yeah. Were there any other runner ups, any other uh, possibilities for the cover? Yeah, we thought about like, you know, first I'm like, okay, I wanted to feel like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like maybe there's like a giant like boulder coming after me. Maybe I'm scuba diving. We I looked at like some vintage James Bond covers, uh, but nothing felt quite right. Yeah. Well, this works uh, so yeah, well we for the book. Skiing. I definitely love it. And then your title, Live Fast, Die Hot, I also yeah. love. What, what, how did you come up with that title? I mean, it's very fitting for the book, but yeah. were you just one day like, I know, I know the perfect one? <laughs> well, it's funny, my editor, Yaniv, who I'm mad at right now, but whatever, <laughs> um, I, uh, we thought about different titles. And sometimes he's just so irritating because he'll <laughs> say, I'll write something and be like, this is a great title. And he's like, mm, I mean, it's OK. It's not as good as your first title. I'm like, <laughs> thanks for being just the total killjoy and telling me it's not good. Um, so there were other titles um, where there's a pill, there's a way was one of the titles I love. <laughs> I, um, I liked Sorry, Not Sorry. And I think somebody actually is using that now. Um, and uh, yeah, that. Live fast. One day I was just like, how about live fast, die hot? Yeah. I wanted it to feel like it played on, you know. I mean, with the title and the cover, they they match perfectly together. I'm glad. Definitely sum up the book. Um, So the other title I liked was Young Adult, but Diablo stole that as well. (laughs) dare they (laughs) I know. Well, she's so talented. She can do whatever she (laughs) wants. Um, 
So you released another book called I Like You Just the Way I Am. Yeah. This is your second book release. Yes. Would you say this one was more nerve-wracking yes, than the first? Yes, I'm like completely like <laughs> beside myself right now. You're really catching me on a bad day oh. because tomorrow I find out if my book like did well enough to make some of these lists. Um, and the first time I was just naive. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I didn't have anything to lose. I was just kind of like going about my you know, journey with it. And I, I got a lot of press thanks to Jamie Kendall, but I didn't, um, know any different. I just yeah. was like, okay, I guess I'm in this, but none of it meant anything. And now it's like, I know exactly what time they're going to find out when they're going to release it, what mm-hmm. counts, what doesn't. And so it's a totally different experience. Well, I'm sure it'll do great because it's so funny. That's so sweet. There's so But many... I'm up against the Hamilton book. So like, that's not fair. But like, okay? live fast, die hot. Hamilton it's needs hilarious. its own category in <laughs> yeah, all don't, things. Don't take the space. Right? Um, <laughs> back off, Lin-Manuel. Can this be our public you message? Have a, back off, Lin-Manuel. You have enough in your life, okay? Like, give me this. Um, what was your favorite chapter to write in this book? I think the ghost chapter. You know, no, I loved writing the Morocco chapter, but no. I loved reading the Morocco chapter once it was done Mm -hmm. when I was doing the audiobook. I had a lot of fun doing that chapter. When I was writing that chapter, I had just come back from having the experience. And so I think it came in at like, I don't know, maybe in the book it's probably like 9,000 to 10,000 words. But when I wrote it, it was like up to like 15,000, 16,000 words. And what I realized from that, like for all of you writers out there, maybe you understand what I'm talking about. But like I was too close to the experience. So I had I was just detailing just everything was too detailed. I was getting mm-hmm. too deep into what had happened yeah. and sort of losing sight of the overall arc. Um, so that chapter was really the most annoying. Y- Yaniv would call me. He's like, are you done yet? I'm like, no, I need another <laughs> five days. I need another. No, no, it's going longer. I need another three days. And so. It was excruciating to write, but I love the way it turned out. And when I read it, it's one of my favorites. But to write, um, I had a lot of fun writing the ghost chapter, which actually a portion of that. I'm so glad that uh, that was actually like I probably gave them 5,000 or like 4,000 words as my in my proposal. So that really was like kind of what I based my whole book proposal on was like, okay, look. There's a ghost dog living in my house, and he has an old man partner, and I need to, and somebody needs to come help me. Yeah, you might as well make it really public, like just in case, you know? Right. I was like, let me tell you, like it's almost like when you're in an Uber and you're taking a picture yeah. of his license plate because you're like, yeah. if I don't come home tonight, he's this. He's that's this how tall. I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He's, he's this tall. Um. I think he's a Shih Tzu. I'm <laughs> sure. Um, so, with this paranormal experience you yeah. went through, have you had any since? No, you know, I was afraid for a minute that the ghost was going to follow me, you know, like Jaws followed, uh, I don't know, Richard Dreyfus from, like, Nantucket to the Bahamas. But no, he didn't follow me to New York so far. Good. Which has been amazing. <laughs> Phew! Dodge yeah. the bullet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I do follow the people who bought the house on Instagram just to You're see really? if I'm, like... You know, gonna see like an old man hand like swipe through the frame. <laughs> Just like comment every once in a while. Like, right. do you like sense any dog presence around you? Right, exactly. <laughs> so you're so honest in all in both of your books. Do you ever get nervous about being so honest? No, I get nervous. I got nervous with the first book when I knew my dad was gonna be reading the chapter I wrote about him because um, 
he just can't like handle the truth. You know, <laughs> no. certain parents are like willing to like apologize for things and like accept that like maybe that they weren't you know perfect. Mm-hmm. But my dad like wasn't. I don't think as ready to hear my criticisms yeah. as my mom. I mean, my mom. I just tell her nonstop all of like. The ways she fucked me up. So <laughs> she's like used to it. But my dad definitely, we have a different relationship. Yeah. And um, and that was scary. And then this book, there's a sort of a more vulnerable chapter about my mom in the beginning yeah. that was really painful to write. Um, and showing her that, I just knew it was going to hurt her and hurt me. And But like, I, I mean, you can't write a book about being a mom without talking about your own mom. Yeah, definitely. You know? Um, I do have to ask. So I was watching an interview and you mentioned an idea for a next book. Yes. If you'd like to tell everyone the title, it made me laugh. <laughs> oh, so I want, I have like an issue with all of, I'm obsessed with The Bachelor. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with, with like that type of girl that like falls for a guy and like gets completely just sort of bowled over and is out of control and wondering like, is he going to call me? Does he really like me? Am I pretty enough? You know, is he gonna, is he cheating on me? Whatever, you know, lemonade syndrome. Um, <laughs> but uh, I so and I have I'm surrounded by women like that in my life. Um, so I want to do a book that's sort of like Neil Strauss's The Game, but for women. And I want to call it "He's Just Not That Into You Yet," <laughs> where I basically take their phones, I start controlling their like what pictures go up on their, you know. Match.com profile, I rewrite yeah. stuff, I do all of the correspondence, <laughs> and just, like, teach them how to, like, game these guys into, like, you, you know, having all the control. Because they all come back in the end. Every guy, <laughs> look, this is what I will hopefully leave you guys with. Every guy comes back in the end. You just have to know how to work it. If you could give, like, three quick tips right now, without obviously spoiling this yeah. whole new book that's going to be great, what would be your three quick tips to make anyone into anyone, or make anyone, yeah, interested in I would anyone? say never be the last person to text. Like, leave it alone. Like, stop. <laughs> like, just leave some mystery. Don't write another question. Don't, li- <laughs> don't put yourself in a position of being vulnerable. And also, wait. Just, like time like let them like go crazy in their own head just pull back and let them like psychologically unravel (laughs) instead of responding because no response is always more powerful than a response eventually you'll respond but like let them like stew a little bit (laughs) like you have to turn the tables and then I would say also um to not talk about your past relationships I think that people are like really weirded out when you're sitting there, you know, harping on the last relationship you were in. Um, and then I think also just like, you have to know when to just like, let it go for a while and let sleeping dogs lie. Like don't (laughs) dig up dead dogs. Like I know you want to, but wait, if you just like hold and don't do it and post a cute picture of yourself online instead, they let them come to you like gingerbread, like break up some gingerbread and draw a little trail to your Instagram page and let it just let it happen. You can't seem so eager. It would just be that kind of stuff. This is all great advice. And then also like don't text, like don't try to be like, like you need to like actually 
put people down a little bit. Like, don't be making them feel great about themselves. I think you need to like give them some shit, give them some attitude. Like if you know something about them and you're holding it back, I would be like confronting them. Like, so you said you were going to call, like you didn't call, you know, you need to like fucking make them feel like they have to, you know, that they're not going to get away with shit with you. When, when a girl is letting a guy like, call the shots and get away with shit he's gonna do it all the time you're never now you're never in control again see this is why you need to write this book i I mean it makes me so like my blood boil (laughs) i'm thinking about certain people in my life right now i'm like yeah you don't go over there and say why do you have frame you know you don't meant she's like he had framed pictures of his ex-girlfriend up and i'm like you fucking mentioned that you fucking (laughs) say something about that you don't just like ignore it yeah and like hope it's gonna go away that makes sense that makes a lot of sense um so, going into a little bit of a different topic, yes. um, what I love about this book is that it is about you being a new mother, but it's not about motherhood, yeah. per se. Yeah. However, when you do mention your son, it is so sweet, and it just, like, makes my heart melt whenever Aww. you mention him. It's in the kindest way. How did you find that balance between still just making it a, just a, about your life, but not just about... Um, motherhood well because I still don't really know anything about motherhood to be (laughs) honest with you I mean I'm not really in the motherhood scene at all and nor do I really have any interest in being it's just kind of like I'm playing it by ear and certain things are just sort of coming at me and happening but I'm not like seeking out a path of being, you know, the mom who's like bringing snack to school. Like I will pick up snack and like, we'll go somewhere and get like really amazing brioche or something, but like, I'm not (laughs) making that shit at home. It's not going to be organic and gluten-free. Like I'll eat that. I love going to mom's (laughs) houses that have that stuff. Cause I'm like, can you just like cook for me? But, um, yeah, it's just like not my thing. Um, but, um, the balance was really, you know, I didn't want to talk about Sid. I really didn't want to talk about Sid a lot because I don't think it's my place. I don't want to use him for comedy in general. I don't post his face online. I really try to steer away from like telling his story for him. I just don't think it's fair. I'm actually friends with a guy who was in a, was, is a character from a very successful book that his brother wrote. And I think that a lot of his life you know, people feel like they know him. They're like, oh, I read, you know, I know who you are. And it's like, I don't think it's fair in a way. Mm-hmm. It sort of sets somebody up, up to be something that maybe they're not. Yeah. Because it is, of course, like even Jason, how I write Jason, I think it's like a perfect dead on accurate description of him. <laughs> but I'm sure Jason would be like, really? I'm not like, com- that's your version of me, Jenny. It's not like actually who I am. Um, so yeah, I really wanted to stay away from Sid as much as possible. But when I do talk about him, I'm just so vulnerable. Like, I'm yeah. just so, like, I mean, I I don't know. I just feel so weak yeah. <laughs> and completely <laughs> at his mercy. So mm-hmm. when I talk about, I mean, when I wrote about it, it's like the hardest for me to just be that open because it's just not in my nature to, I don't know, be that way. Yeah. Because I want to just, like sort of deflect and like let's make a joke of it but I when when I'm writing about him I know I'm thinking in the back of my head like one day he might read this and like I would hate for him to think that like I'm not completely in love with him yeah you know or that like I ever intended to not just like 
give myself up to him completely, which unfortunately I have, which is like a horrible and uncomfortable place to be. Well, it's so sweet the way you uh, write him. And it, you can tell it comes from such a vulnerable place because yeah. you are, again, hysterical and you have so many funny lines, <laughs> so many good jokes in this book. But whenever you talk about <clears throat> your son, it is beautiful. And I oh, love so it. so sweet. Thank you. Absolutely. And so in this book, there's a lot, there's an ongoing theme of fear of being yes. a new mother and worrying you won't be like the a, a good mother or all of these like new yeah. fears. Um, so you're doing all of these crazy new things and going on yeah. and traveling. Do you still uh, experience kind of the same fear and, and need uh, to go on all of these crazy adventures or has that buckled down a little bit? I mean... Yes, I think I'm just like now more comfortable being, you know, in a state of constant fear and anxiety. I I think that now um in going through that journey, I I've learned to just accept that that's just part of now who I am and I'm going to be. Um I don't know, it's hard. I yeah. I I'm not looking out outside of myself as much anymore and thinking, oh my, that's the problem. And that's, and yeah. oh my God, and the, these, and the, maybe it's this, and maybe it's this. It's like now I'm really, I'm fully aware that, oh shit, these demons are inside me. Mm-hmm. And that's just something I have to deal with with my therapist, I guess. Yeah. Well, luckily, <laughs> while you were figuring this out, you wrote many good stories oh, about good. it. Yeah. Yes. So one of those stories, back to the, the uh, ghost dog, uh, you eventually. Had well, at least said in the book that that was your reasoning for moving back to New York City, as well yeah. as being there for a few months with um, Jason's job. Yeah. But uh, moving from um, LA to New York City, is there anything you miss about LA? Oh yeah, there's tons. I, I mean, I miss my backyard. I miss the pool. I miss sort of, you know, the other day we were driving and my son's like, "Look, mommy, a tree." I'm like, "Oh <laughs> my god, am I really raising?" A child that like is like oh how novel a tree <laughs> I mean it's so weird but but yeah I know I I I don't I was impulsive that's yeah. all I can say but I love New York and there are things in New York that I would never have here mm-hmm. and the kind of people I'm exposed to and just the world that I'm uh, exposed to there is so vastly different I'm yeah. loving that my son's not just hanging out with like you know, a bunch of unemployed actors all the time. I mean, it's so nice. It's like, yeah. oh, you know nothing about show business. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, would you, do you ever find yourself maybe moving back to LA or do you think you're going to stay in New York City? I could see myself moving back. I could see myself, you know, just like Sid getting, like outgrowing our apartment and me being like, well, we need space. I don't know what we're going to do. Um, because I don't see myself really being, I'm not like cool enough to live in Brooklyn, you know, <laughs> like not, I'm not young enough or hipster enough for Brooklyn. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Jason hates LA, so he <laughs> really wants to stay in New York. Stay in New York. What is your favorite part about New York? I, I love the fact that I'm never, I don't have to drive. I'm always in a car. I love the idea that like, I am able to contain sort of I'm able to contain Sid in a smaller area. I'm not like, oh, let me go to a play date in the Valley. I live in Venice. It's like, what? (laughs) And you're spending like an hour and a half trying to get there. Yeah. So I hate that. There's like amazing restaurants. I'm still having, I'm having like much more, I'm much more like, I don't know, not glamorous, but sort of just like sophisticated life. I actually like put on clothes during the day. I'm not just in sweats. I'm not just like in a sundry like sweatsuit. 
Um, because, you know, when you're not in a car, people can actually, like, see you face to face. You're, like, walking. You have to have, like, pants on. Um, yeah, so I love that about New York. And I just, I love the diversity. I love just, like, this eclectic mix of of human beings I'm exposed to. Did you write um, the book while you were in New York yeah. for the entire time? Or in uh, L.A. a little bit? Mm, no, I wrote the ghost chapter while I was in the ghost house, which was, like, very weird. Because I'm like, he's watching me. He knows. Um, and I wrote pieces of the opening chapter right when I had Sid. And I was still in L.A. Um, and then, you know, it's like I was writing when I was in Peru. I was still finishing up, I think, the neighbor chapter. So, yeah, it kind of traveled with me. Yeah, especially that last chapter um, of you guys in Peru it's it's so detailed. How do you just keep notes with you I kept to remember notes. everything? Because yeah. it's it's all, like you feel like you're there. I love oh, good. it. Good. Yeah, I'm no, so glad. I I have such a bad memory that when I'm reading, I'm like, how does she remember all of this? But oh yeah, I definitely took notes. Take definitely. a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of those little tricks, so what is the biggest lesson you've learned um, in the writing writing world that may help uh, aspiring writers? Hmm, I would say, um, you know, I think writer's block is kind of a myth. It's like, you can always write something. So just keep writing through it. It doesn't matter if you think it's like shitty. You just have to keep writing through it. There are so many days when I'm like, oh God, everything I wrote yesterday sucked. But it got me somewhere at least because the minute I have, I hate starting something. I hate it. I dread that opening line. Unless it's the opening line of this book, which I'm like in love with. But like most, um, you know, openings are, it's just, you don't know what kind of, and especially when you're doing like a piece for a magazine, you're like, how do I want to frame this whole thing? Um, But I I find that the minute I have maybe like four or five sentences, I'm off and I know where I'm going. But, you know, it's all about, you just have to keep going. And, And maybe the next day you go, that sucked. But at least like I have an idea now of where I want to go and where I don't want to go. So you're saying even if um, you may feel blocked and you're not sure if what you're writing is just good, get something it. on the page. Not mm-hmm. even don't even finish it. I mean, don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. Yeah. Just get like the opening pair. Just get a paragraph. It doesn't even need to be what you end up using as your opening. Sometimes I'll have a fake opening paragraph that I know I hate, but I keep writing through it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I see sort of where the story's going and I'll go back and I'll change that opening and be like, oh, no, no. Yeah, because I'm going to call this back later. This is going to be a joke that's going to appear down here. So I want to make sure I make a reference up here. Got it. It's that type of thing. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so for the last part of the interview, I have a few fun questions for you. Um, oh, these weren't these weren't fun? <laughs> <laughs> They're only going to get more fun. Oh, I love it. Um, okay, so some are referring to your first book, if uh, people remember this chapter. It's kind of like a... This or that kind of question. Okay, Okay, so ghost dogs or serial killer next door neighbor? (laughs) Oh my God. What scares me more? Yeah. Or what would I prefer to have? What what would you prefer to have? (laughs) God, I think I was able to deal with serial killer neighbor. I I ended up staying there for a while. So I would say ghost dog is scarier. Ghost dog scarier. Um, East coast or west coast? Oh, right now I'd say East Coast. East Coast. Uh, being Beyonce's friend or being Baz's friend? Being Baz's friend forever <laughs> and always. <laughs> um, Facebook stalking or Instagram stalking? Mm. 
you know, now I fall into such an Instagram K hole that it's like, I'm like, oh, now I know who your friend's friend's dog's <laughs> cousin is. It's like crazy. Facebook, I was never like that. I would just be like, all right, where, what wedding did you go to this weekend? <laughs> um, so I think Instagram is m- more exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, traveling or staying home? Always traveling. Always traveling. Yeah. And lastly, uh, writing or acting? always writing (laughs) i mean i hate acting i mean i it's just so annoying like acting is like i can't and jason's like jenny i'm an actor like how do you say (laughs) that's like rude will you stop saying that around the house (laughs) because i'll just be like actors suck but it's just like no i mean for me personally um i writing changed my life and i was able to write my way out of like a really like dead end and 19 years of like guest starring on shitty shows type of situation um and now i say to any actor always i'm like make sure you can make your own stuff because that's what's going to change your life it's like don't rely on somebody else to cast you in their things and now when i act I'm flattered that I'm being asked to do something, but I'm facilitating somebody else's story. Yeah. And it's so much more fun to tell my own story. And so much more fun to read your stories. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) That's sweet. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely pick up Live Fast, Die Hot. You will not be disappointed and you're going to be laughing a lot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm Renee Ariel. You can follow me on social media at Renee Ariel. And where can everyone find you again? You can find me at at Jenny and Teets, A-N-D-T-E-E-T-S on Twitter and Snapchat and at Jenny and Teets 2 on Instagram. Awesome. And as for Book Circle Online, you can follow us everywhere on Book Circle Online. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. That's the one different account. It'll be Book Circle On. So make sure you follow our podcast, our YouTube channel, and our Instagram. Thank you so much for watching. We'll catch you next time. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menunos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle. <laughs>